You're listening to Mischief Media. Brave listeners of the internet, welcome to Ted and Michael Read Sketches into Microphones. I'm Michael Paul Smith. I'm Ted O'Gorman. Ted, do you have a favorite soap scent? Like, I'm partial to lilac, but lately, I've been pretty heavy into pomegranate. And I'll, and I'll tell you, it's done wonders for my glow. Oh, Jesus. All day, listeners. It's been all day with this shit. Here's the fucking episode. Well, that seemed uncalled for. Stop with a league of their own! And now we present comedian Stephen Wright performing as a baby. Just before my bris... I asked my doctor first time, and he said, no, I've done dozens of these. And I said, me too. You should have seen what I started out with. <laughs> Sometimes I get diaper rash, and that stuff really chaps my ass. <laughs> my mom says I need to lay off the bottle, so she's moving me on to a sippy cup. <laughs> I wear girls' booties but only for comfort. <laughs> My mom insists that being a parent is the most important thing she'll ever do. I find her lack of ambition disappointing. <laughs> for a while, I had a crush on a girl in my daycare named Becky, but then I found out she was six months younger than me. That's too much of an age gap to overcome. We'd have nothing to talk about even after she learns how. <laughs> I'm not wild about baby food. Somehow mashed peas seems like a pretty big downgrade from a boob. <laughs> Some of my friends are into finger painting. I think they're limiting themselves. They should learn how to paint the whole hand. <laughs> I'm a baby, so I don't have a phone number. But if I did, I'd hold up my hand and say, it's this many. <laughs> I like making a caca in the sandbox. I feel like it's gotten me closer to my cat. <laughs> this has been comedian Stephen Wright performing as a baby. swim-up bars, five-star restaurants, spa, live music day and night. But you'll be dodging attempts on your life the entire time. Because our resort will be filled with well-trained, enigmatic assassins who just can't seem to successfully snuff you out. That's right, you and your family will have to summon subconscious investigative and self-defense capabilities that none of you could have known you had because you've never trained for them. Lounge in your personal cabana while your family is at the front desk trying to figure out why all of your credit cards are being denied. Enjoy your favorite music streaming in every room when a ninja assassin pops up from your hamper and misses you with a throwing star as you get up from the toilet none the wiser. Sample the mysterious smell of gas as you and your wife discuss the at first outlandish possibility that your identity has been stolen and that there's a you look-alike back in your hometown keeping up appearances. But how did we get this reservation in the first place? I mean, we had no problem making the reservation and checking in. It's almost as if 
we've been lured here and now we're trapped. And what's with those gashes in the bathroom wall that weren't there when we arrived? I don't know, honey. Your guess is as good as mine. Indulge in all-inclusive liquor and decompress in your suite's very own jacuzzi while a member of the cleaning staff ignores your do not disturb sign and comes in dressed as a French maid. At which point you'll say to yourself, Why the French maid outfit in a modern hotel in the continental United States? Well, there I go again, ruining our vacation with frivolous critiques. I'm sure they work hard. Maybe I should get out of the jacuzzi and apologize. But didn't I put that damn do not disturb sign on the door? That's on them. What I ought to do is report them for the intrusion. There I go again with my classist patriarchal privilege. Always the victim. I should thank them for their hard work and ask their pronouns. I'm going to. Where's my robe? Am I drunk? I feel drunk. Oh my God, I'm underwater. Surrender to our total submersion water therapy at the hands of the supposed member of the housekeeping staff. He goes by he slash him. And simply couldn't procure a hotel uniform from the supply closet. He had to go to Party City, and this was all that they had. But the good news is, he's also super ticklish. <laughs> in flailing for your life, you managed to get a good accidental pin poke in. Sending the assassin reeling backwards and falling against a wall, where our solid sterling silver towel rack falls on his head, knocking him out cold. Wrap yourself in your complimentary thirsty terry cloth robe, and then find your family tied up in your suite's palatial sitting room. You'll untie your family while asking yourselves, How could such a fantastic week be over already? Time to head home and confront the shady organization who's pilfered our very existence. Sounds complicated. It may take several blockbuster sequels to get to the bottom of this. We'll be here when you need us. Sandals Paradise. Just for you, your idyllic family, and an accident-prone, fictionalized, martial arts-appropriating CIA that finds your personage too good to pass up, but not as easy to steal as they'd hoped, after all. And now we present Things You Should Never Ever Say on a First Date. Or probably ever. The penis is wooden. It was carved from the main mast of an old pirate ship, but the balls <laughs> are real. Well, uh, how about you? Any wooden parts? Espionage is more of a calling than a job, but I'll tell you this. You've never met anyone that could fit a silencer to a pistol faster than me. <laughs> we were hysterical. By the time the cops finally arrived, most of them had already dissolved and been flushed down the drain. They couldn't even give me a ticket. <laughs> Fuck the police, am I right? You can never predict what a man will admit to when he's staked to the ground and the fire ants start doing their thing. I've submitted my findings to Quantico. Eh, I'm waiting to hear back. I actually get that a lot. No, I am not a Hasidic Jew. I just like to dress this way. On my workbench at home, I have the dehydrated spleen of the last man who wronged me, so I don't fuck this up. I sneak into my neighbor's house sometimes and rearrange the furniture and write creepy messages on the wall. That old man thinks he's being haunted by a guy he killed in Korea! <laughs> oh, it's really nice to have a creative project to focus on again. I once got in a fistfight with Bavarati. Floored that fucker. I'm not saying it's my favorite movie, but uh, 
When I saw Requiem for a Dream, I just went, wow, somebody has finally written my life story. Last summer, I got slammed so much, I needed to put ice on my crotch. For the swelling. How are you with casual racism against certain indigenous peoples? In a pinch, some frozen peas will do. I'm not wild about women who achieve things. Is the bronzino good here? Do you debone it tableside? Can a woman do that? If this night goes the way I think it will, in an hour you'll be zip-tied to a chaise lounge while I feed you herring and force you to watch the late 90s Kirstie Alley series, Veronica's Closet. (laughs) This has been Things You Should Never Ever Say on a First Date. Or probably ever. And now we present comedian Stephen Wright performing as an 11-year-old. I'm down to two packs of candy cigarettes a week. My pediatrician says I have to cut back. I go out in trouble on my ride home from school. Yeah, I was busted. I once got caught stealing, but it wasn't so bad. That's just part of playing baseball. I don't get along with the principal at my grade school. She says if I don't learn what I'm being taught, I won't get a real job. I respect that she speaks from experience. I got detention for cutting class. Joke's on them. I cut detention too. My mom told me not to use foul language. So I told her to cluck off. I don't like the lunch lady very much. She insists I call her mom. My mom scheduled another playdate with Carol this week. You know what happens on the third playdate. I just hope this time I get to be the doctor. My parents are both anarchists. I'm afraid if I get elected to student council, they'll kill me. My parents sent me to a child psychiatrist. I think a grown-up one would have been better. I don't use condoms. Not because I don't like the way they feel. I'm just 11 and don't have sex. You knew it as well as I do. You'd call it the Jungle James. I like Disney movies, but I don't like the hunchback of Notre Dame. I prefer full over a quasi when it comes to motos. This has been comedian Stephen Wright performing as an 11-year-old. Joe? Yes, sir, Mr. Freeman. Come on in. Thank you, sir. Thanks for seeing me. It's nice to meet you. Uh, That's quite all right. My assistant didn't get your resume when you made the appointment for the interview. Oh, sorry about that. I was still updating it. I have it here. Great. What I'd like to do is just go through this uh, with you now. And if I get a sense that you're qualified, then we'll give you a call to schedule a second interview with my boss. And if he likes you, then we'll have a third round with HR. Sounds great. I'm excited. Terrific. Let's see what we have here. You said you were still updating it, so uh, this is about as current as it gets, I assume. Yes, sir. Up to and including this very morning. Uh Uh-huh. 
Well, let's start at the beginning. Uh, associates from Nassau Community. Yeah, it's a better school than you think. Produce clerk at a bodega. That's right. I can still pick out a hell of a cantaloupe. <laughs> yeah. Uh huh. Uh huh. Banana Republic, two years. Can you also pick out a hell of a t-shirt? I, why would? What do you mean? Let's move on. This is confusing. The next line says, funny face on license, 2015 to present. Uh, it's true. Check it out. I know. I've got it somewhere. Ah, here it is. Yeah. Loves PB&J, 1987 to present. Give or take. Yeah. I had a few bologna and cheese years in there that I still find hard to talk about. Allergic to chocolate. Oh, and only since 2018. I'm sorry to hear that. Thank you. Also hard to talk about. Mom makes the best beef stew. Also 1987 to present. Give or take, yeah. Yeah, got it. Congratulations. Thank you. Worth noting also that the only beef stew I've ever eaten is my mother's. I refuse to eat others because I assume they are inferior. And because my mom would probably be... She'd be Double jointed, likes Coke her. way more than Pepsi, sleepwalks with a dagger in hand, jaw clicks when he eats cheeseburgers, just bought new shoes. Yeah, see? That one I can, <laughs> I can verify personally. Here you go. That's oh, great. Oh, I thought this chair swiveled. <laughs> no, it doesn't. <laughs> Here you go. There you go. That's good. You got light-up shoes. I'm very impressed. Okay, very nice. Uh, looks good in hats, has never been in love, and instead of a year, you just wrote... Ever. It's a long story. But is it? Not really. Can say ABCs backwards, knows when his dog is confused by its head tilt, once ate a whole lemon on a dare, loves Huey Lewis, but not the news, once conned a doctor out of a large supply of tongue depressors, can tell who is Amish on sight. Good at looking like he knows about wine, thinks he's going bald. Yeah, you can tell if I lift my head like this and the light we is really bright. We don't have to do that. We don't have to do Sorry. that. Sorry. Has never contracted hypospadias queso. I take from that you've contracted every other disease as you've only felt it important to mention this one. Moving on. Can identify languages he doesn't speak based on how they sound. Hot tubs give him rashes. Well, that's honest at least. Has been to every WrestleMania since 1987. Um, hold on. You were only born in 1987. That's right. And when Hogan slammed Andre the Giant in the middle of the Pontiac Silverdome in front of 93,000 people, my mother's water literally broke. And soon after, another Hulkamaniac was born, brother. Incredible. I've seen Roddy Piper in the flesh, brother. I've seen the ultimate warrior battle the macho man Randy Savage. I've been sprayed with Stone Cold's blood and I've cheered on the dead man himself, The Undertaker. So when you talk WrestleMania, you're not just talking about the biggest night in sports entertainment. You're talking about my personal story and the reason I sit before you today, brother. So what you gonna do when the Joester runs wild on you? Uh, I have to say, Mr. Um, Joe, a lot of these things on your resume are neither your accomplishments nor in some cases accomplishments at all. I mean, except for the WrestleManias. Fine, except for the WrestleManias. A lot of these are food-related or just facts. It reads more like a dating profile than a resume. 
Do you have any weaknesses? Well, I know most people would say I'm a perfectionist or I'm competitive or can't resist a challenge, but but I'm not here to waste your time, Mr. Freeman. You're a busy man and you don't need me tugging your pud with BS answers. My weakness? (laughs) I can't believe I'm going to say this. My weakness is I've never found Waldo. Sure, I've had friends point him out and I go, shit, there he was the whole time. What's wrong with me? But I've always been the guy that doesn't see him behind the barber pole. That's my weakness. So if this job involves intricate searches for striped-shirted men, I may not be your guy. In fact, I'm sorry I wasted your time. I better go. (laughs) Can I have that resume? It's my only copy. No, this is mine. Oh. Okay. I guess... Put it on the bulletin board and make fun of the guy that came into interview. I may need it when I'm considering candidates for your executive administrative assistant. What? Why? Because, Mr. Magnarelli, the person that I'm looking at right now is the person who was the next vice president in charge of programming for Fox News. Really? <laughs> really, son. Yeah, in all honesty, all our other candidates were women, so obviously we couldn't hire them. Oh, yeah, of course. Um, so you get the job, as long as you say yes. Joe, say yes. Yes. I do have a, a degree in journalism, by the way. <laughs> oh, Joe, you don't need that to work here. Oh, okay, cool. Glad I didn't list it on my resume. This episode goes out to George R. R. Martin, famous as an author infamous as the emperor of procrastinators. By virtue of the fact that he hasn't finished a story he started writing in the early 90s, well, he makes us feel a hell of a lot better about ourselves whenever we feel the need to push back a deadline or a release date. And, if I may. Oh, of course. When you two get your own series, the ending will be much more satisfying. I will see to that. Those guys didn't have you, Jeeps. Goddamn right they didn't. That impression can put you the fuck to sleep, I'll tell you that. Christ. I'm here to teach you calculus. <laughs> His body's decomposing in my locker. In my locker. <laughs> <laughs> I'm in the same one. Espionage is more of a calling than a job. But I tell you this, you ain't never met a brother that could fit a silencer on a pistol faster than me. <laughs> Now, why he's a spy, I don't. <laughs> yeah, because no one Worst would suspect him. Because no one would he's got the He's got the best kill got, count of yeah, the entire He's got the 80s. best cover story ever. <laughs> nobody, nobody sees Jerome coming. He, just, <laughs> he just, can't wait to tell anyone he's a spy. <sighs> Finally, somebody has written my life story. Great. I was going to suggest you try one like American Psycho, and then you just did it. So... <laughs> <laughs> I don't spit when I talk, but I <laughs> I do spit when I listen. Uh, well, you know, anyway, enough about me. <laughs> I don't want to paint with a broad brush, but all Greeks smell like feta cheese. So what are you? Portuguese? Great. Check, please. I don't know why he's eating beef stew as an infant, but whatever. I don't think this guy comes from the healthiest family, Mike. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's two o'clock. Want to have a martini and then do nothing the rest of the day? Yeah. Can we go to Capitol Grill? <laughs> Son, at this level, we dine at the Rainforest Cafe. Cool. Can I order whatever I want? can order two of whatever you want. <laughs> cool. Good gig. 
Um, Ted, I'll talk to you tomorrow. Amita, we'll talk to you soon. Yeah. Jillian, we live together, so I'll see you momentarily. Ted and Michael Read Sketches into Microphones is written and directed by Michael Paul Smith and Ted O'Gorman. With some room for improv, because this is a comedy podcast, friends. We're not tied to the page. In addition to your hosts, Ted and Michael, this season features the voice talents of Andrew Bancroft, a.k.a. Jelly Donut, Anissa Folds, James Monroe Iglehart, C. Julian Jimenez, Eddie Lee, Patrick McCartney, Janice McIntyre, Hallie O'Gorman, Mike O'Gorman, Emmanuel Polycarp, April Sickler, Nick Walker, and me. Jillian Pensavalli. I'm also the executive producer. Season three of Ted Michael Reed Sketches into Microphones was recorded, edited, sound designed, and mixed by the badass team at Audio Muses, India Hui and Amita Ganatra. This season was produced in association with our friends over at Mischief Media, as well as co-producer Jensen Parker Neal. Original music for Ted Michael season three, composed by India Hui. You can find full credits, plus episodes, transcripts, and more at tedandmichael.com. Subscribe wherever you get your podcasts, and we'd really appreciate it if you can rate and review us on Apple Podcasts. Those reviews help a lot, and to be honest, since it's just us here, Ted and Michael need a lot of reassurance, and it would just make my life so much easier. Thanks. Follow the guys on Twitter at Ted and Michael, individually at Ted O'Gorman, at MPSmithNYC, and use the hashtag Ted and Michael on all the things. For love notes and hate mail, use tedandmichael at gmail.com. Thanks again for listening. And hey, stay weird, friends. Mm-hmm.